Hello and welcome to the Intentional Leaders Podcast. We are on episode 80, and this is a continuation of my Leadership Practices Top 10 list. Welcome to Intentional Leaders. This podcast is not just for leaders, rather for anyone who wants to make an impact on the world, professionally or personally. My passion and purpose is to provide tips, tools, and resources that I've learned throughout my career, working with large and small organizations, profit and non, and also as an entrepreneur. I've had the joy to teach thousands of individuals who, like you, are trying to navigate this crazy and complex world. So here's to doing that successfully and intentionally. Welcome back to part two of my top 10 leadership practices. These are 10 things that I really wish I would have known a long time ago as I started to lead and manage people that I would have done more intentionally and deliberately and focused on to make me more effective and to get better results more quickly. And also to have the kind of influence that I think we all want to have in our organization. The top 10 leadership practices are number one, goals and expectations, number two, self-management, number three, accountability, number four, mindset, number five, assertiveness, number six, feedback, number seven, collaboration, number eight, problem solving and decision making, number nine, cognitive biases, and number 10, continuous learning. Last time we did goals, expectations through mindset. So today I'm going to start with number five practice, which is about assertiveness. And several of my podcasts have been dedicated to this topic because I think for a long time, I thought assertiveness was about communication. It was a particular style or way of communicating, which indeed it is. But I failed to realize that there's a bigger picture around assertiveness, that assertiveness is a way to be. It is a way to navigate through life, and it means that we think about our right, that we have the rights to navigate through the world in a certain way. And I think this is a really cool area to explore for you and for those around you on your team. Here's just a few examples of assertive rights. And as you're listening to these statements, think about how comfortable you are with them. I have the right to respect and dignity. I have the right to change my mind without justification. I have the right to make my own decisions and deal with the ramifications of them. I have the right to be illogical or irrational. I have the right to feel all my emotions and express them appropriately. I have the right to say, I don't know, and I don't care. I have the right to feel proud of my accomplishments, achievements, and successes. Those are just a few examples of assertive rights. And the more comfortable you feel with them, the more likely you are to identify when those rights are being violated or also when you're uncomfortable about something and how to communicate in an assertive manner. The connection of these two things, I think, is so important because our communication and the way we navigate through life as a leader is what other people are paying attention to. I hear a lot of people say that leaders should be good role models, but are we good role models for the right things? Are we a good role model for assertiveness and assertive communication or not? Because I could be a role model and it doesn't mean I'm a role model for the right things. So to be more assertive in your communication, it is 
appropriate and important to consider an assertive communication style. Well, what does that mean? It primarily means that we make direct statements that have an eye focus. We're taking ownership over what we say and how we feel. I want, I need, I expect, I feel. But also we deliver those messages in a very respectful manner. We make clear requests of other people, knowing that other people can say no, and we explore options to meet all goals. Those are characteristics of assertive communication. We also talk in a fact-based way. We don't make assumptions or generalizations. We don't label things inappropriately. So when you think about something right now, think about something that you want to say to someone, but you just don't know how to say it. Maybe someone isn't meeting your expectations. Maybe you have someone on your team or a peer or coworker that isn't very respectful to your needs. And maybe you feel like you're being taken advantage of. All of those things can be delivered with assertive communication. I could say things like, I need you to be to work on time because others are depending on you. I expect you to communicate in a respectful way. I'm disappointed that the project wasn't done on time. I was counting on that information. All of those things can be said assertively. So see if you can jot down what you wanted to say and put it in an eye-focused way. This seems like common sense. In a lot of ways, we're taking ownership over our thoughts and expectations and beliefs. But trust me, it is very difficult to do, especially in the moment. We tend to make a lot of you statements. You're not coming to work on time. You didn't get that report done. You're not being respectful. All of those are not assertive communication. Check out the other episodes that I have on assertiveness if you want to strengthen this muscle and this practice because it is, I think, essential. Let's go from assertiveness to number six, which is feedback and how to give people great feedback. Most people, it seems like, are reluctant or uncomfortable to give feedback, especially when it's developmental in nature and for some very valid reasons, right? Like maybe I'll hurt that person's feelings or maybe I'll damage the relationship or for crying out loud, that takes so much time, right? Um, or maybe they'll get angry or they'll disagree or it just won't matter anyway. Or maybe we don't feel the right in certain situations to give people feedback. But what's challenging is that what we don't think about is how not providing feedback damages our relationships. And especially if we are in a supervisory role, if we are managing people, we must be comfortable providing feedback and direction. That's an essential part of our job. And that practice, if you can get good at giving people feedback, you can tell anyone anything if you're doing it with good intentions. And think about yourself as a coach and as a partner and as a collaborator. And also think about the importance of candor and kindness when you're providing feedback to others. Some of the things that I see as the biggest pitfalls of giving feedback are when people are just too vague or general, or they just tell people and then try to get out of there as quickly as possible rather than establishing a dialogue or not following up and giving people an opportunity to implement that feedback and to change their behaviors. There's a lot of things that get in the way of effective feedback, but here's what I discovered are the top and most important practices. 
to give feedback effectively, you have to know your why. Why are you giving that person the feedback? What is the challenge or the issue? And I think about that a lot in terms of what is the gap between what you think they should be doing or what would be more effective and what they are doing. And then set your intentions. Setting intentions means you know the purpose of giving that person feedback. Intentions should always be positive. Like my intention is to give you feedback because I want you to be successful. My intention is to give you feedback so you can continue to grow and contribute in this organization. My intention and purpose in giving you feedback is to help you move to the next level. Let people know what your intentions are, and that really sets the stage for building trust, and it's a great door opener. And then focus on specifics. What is the behavior that you are seeing? And don't just talk in generalizations about, I want you to be a better team player, or I want you to be more reliable, things like that. But you got to be really specific on behaviors or actions. So for example, the deadline was Friday, and I didn't receive it. You've been late with the last three deliverables, or I need you to communicate in a more empathetic manner. I need you to help your coworkers when you're done with your work. Things like that are much more specific and behavioral, and it'll reduce the defensiveness. And then the last practice around giving good feedback is engaging the other person in dialogue. I think sometimes, again, when we give people feedback, we want to just deliver the message as if it's just a one-way thing and then run away (laughs) as quickly as possible and escape from, you know, what the reaction might be. But giving feedback should be a dialogue and one in which there is a back and forth, a give and take, and also understanding, do they see the world in the same way you do? So if I'm giving someone feedback about being more empathetic, do they realize what that even means? Do they realize what empathy is and how to communicate it effectively? Those are things that as a coach, I would want to know. And those are things when delivering feedback are so essential. The sixth practice is giving feedback and being comfortable and using assertive communication is a really helpful way to do that. The next leadership practice is number seven, and this is about collaboration. Collaboration, I will just say, is hard because we are not really ever taught, I don't think, (laughs) to collaborate and what it means. Most people want it, but what it actually means and understanding the strategy to collaboration, I think is very elusive because I haven't seen it really defined a lot of places other than kind of in principle. Do you have the mindset of collaboration? But collaboration is also a process. It's a way to practice getting people involved because the definition of collaboration is to create something new together. And so that requires a lot of energy and focus and leadership. Collaborating means we have to tell people that that's what we're doing. Let's say you're developing a new process for your team. And everyone comes in with ideas about how to do it. And then we start debating immediately about what is the best idea. And sometimes the loudest voice or the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And that decision is the one that is the predominant decision or the dominant opinion. But in collaboration, everybody needs to have a voice and everybody needs to have their ideas brought to the surface and also their concerns and values and wants. By using 
doing a collaborative process, we can lead collaboration on purpose. I've done a podcast about this. So if you're interested in more about how to lead collaboration as a practice, check that one out because it is about understanding needs of people in the group, agreeing on a common goal or problem, then brainstorming solutions to get to that unique solution that meets everybody's needs, that is truly a win-win, and then we decide and act. So rather than everybody coming in and championing their own ideas, this is more about everyone coming in and communicating the things that are important to them And then we narrow down the options for how we will meet all those needs. And that's just a different mindset, but it's also a very different skill set. Collaboration is definitely a process and it requires that assertive communication that we talked about in leadership practice number five, and also the ability to ask really good questions and to listen very mindfully and to use good critical thinking. Those are things that lead us to very successful collaboration. Today, we've talked about the importance of assertiveness as not only a communication skill, but also as a way of navigating through the world, both personally and professionally. We've talked about the ability to give feedback. And I really do believe this, that if you have good intentions and you put yourself into the mindset of a coach and a partner with someone's best interests at heart, you can tell anyone anything. It does not mean that they're going to receive it well, or they're going to change their behavior, but we're giving them the gift of the opportunity to change and to grow and to develop. And as a leader, that's essential. And then the last one that we talked about is collaboration. Collaboration is one of the most challenging things, I think, to lead in terms of cross-functional leadership or project management and getting people on the same page to create. The act of creating is challenging and it means everyone should feel a part of that process and that experience and that everyone should have a voice. Again, this is a continuation of those top 10 leadership practices. Next time, we're going to talk about problem solving, decision making, cognitive biases, which I love talking about and even thinking about and also learning and having a learning and growth mindset. So we'll round out the leadership practices next week. I hope you join me. I'm also curious what your leadership best practices would be. What would you add to this list? Drop me a line. I would love to hear from you.